Holy shit, my face is numb. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. Dear listeners, and welcome to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am Melissa, and this is my co-host, Wendy. And I am in Minneapolis this week, and Wendy is in Austin this week, so we are separated once again by an entire country. Oh. But but, but the force moves (laughs) through us and binds us together, no matter where we are, Melissa. Indeed, indeed, Wendy. I feel a disturbance in the force. Do you have some alcohol? I do have some alcohol. Oh, good. Thank goodness. Yes. The force is strong with this one because I I have gone straight for the scotch. Good job. I am drinking the Glenlivet 12, which is, you know, a fairly easy drinking scotch compared to what I'm uh, usually drinking. But, uh, you know, it's nice. And it came with free glassware. So I can't complain. I got free glassware at the movie today, but we'll talk about that in a second. I have been uh, drinking um, sangria, the uh, yellowtail sangria, which we know is my favorite alcoholic punch right now. Mm-hmm. Cheap ass alcoholic punch. But Chris bought me a very nice Tempranillo. From, he's like, oh, you're podcasting tonight here. It is a Raymat Castel de Raymat Tempranillo 2013. Ooh, nice. I have no idea where it's from. It's probably Spanish. I can't read it my because I don't have my glasses on. Um, but <laughs> well, that's uh, what also you say. at our Shut up. <laughs> also at our local liquor liquor store. Lickle? Lickle Lickle store. Lickle <laughs> store. Um Wendy, you've Chris, been pre-gaming. What? Shut- <laughs> you've been pre-gaming. Been- <laughs> um, oh, Wendy, you've been, been drinking already. Pre- <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have warmed up for this podcast. Oh, good lord! Um, uh, at our local lo- <laughs> local and liquor go are very difficult to say together. At our liquor store nearby, huh? <laughs> Chris went to buy um, two gingers whiskey, which we know is a favorite of mine, and they were running a special where when you buy two gingers whiskey, you get um, ginger ale free. So I may uh, slip into that. A little later. Okay. When I'm more comfortable, when I feel like being more comfortable. Okay. (laughs) It sounds like you're already fairly comfortable. I am pretty comfortable, but I am also, I must admit, a little tired. I, like I said, I got up very early to go see the movie this morning. Okay. Like, that's commitment. I hope we all understand. I was awake before seven. All right, dear listeners, if you haven't caught on yet, we're going to talk about Star Wars. We're going to talk about The Force Awakens. Witty got up very early this morning and saw the movie. I just got out of a screening like half an hour ago, and uh, we are ready to talk Star Wars. So... Yes. Yeah. So uh, let's let's preface, 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 preface. 
what I'm sober and I still can't pronounce anything. Um, let's I'm start drunk out and by... I still have good grammar skills. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let us start out with non-spoiler stuff. Let's talk a little bit about the experience and then we'll sound the spoiler alarm and go straight for the jugular. What do you think? Okay, I like this. I like this plan. Okay. I like this plan. Okay, so non-spoiler territory is here. Um, this is a safe space. This is good. although i have been avoiding even reading people talking about yay even just generic like that because i really wanted to avoid any kind of overhype yeah or too many expectations i just wanted to get in there i even posted on my facebook today yes i saw it please note i haven't said one damn word about it Mm -hmm. because it it would be too easy to walk into this movie with even even if you're not trying with your expectations so high that nothing is going to live up to it. And that would be a crying shame. Yeah. It really would. Yeah. Like, I was really trying to keep neutral so that I could just watch the damn movie that was in front of me and not watch the movie I was hoping to see. <laughs> Oh, totally agreed. I mean, I I remember thinking way back to 1999 with The Phantom Menace, or was that 2001? I can't remember. It was one of those. It was back, it was like 15 years ago. No, Uh, it was, um, it was like, it came out like in, I feel like it came out like in 2000. No, it was 1999 because it was was the first year. That's right. Of Con. First year of Con, it was uh, Phantom Menace. So I, I just remember seeing Phantom Menace for the first time, and like the hype was so strong that when you went to see Phantom Menace the first week, you go, yay, new Star Wars. And it didn't matter if it was good. And then you sat around for a couple of days and you went, oh. And, you know, wait a minute. And, wait a minute. And I mean, I don't remember feeling ex- exhilarated coming out of um, Phantom Menace or anything, but it's like, hey, Star Wars. And then, oh, now I don't remember a goddamn thing that happened because it made that little impact on me. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, those of you who love the prequels, you are a better man than I gunged in. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I cannot get past the fact that they are, there's not a single character I really like in those movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only reason I like Obi-Wan is because it's Ewan McGregor. So that's more that I like Ewan McGregor. And Ewan McGregor is fighting hard, man. He is going oh, for the he gold. Is, he is bringing all of his charisma to bear he is yeah. he is using his powers for good in those movies and it's still not enough man mm-hmm. oh boy and i think we can all agree that those movies prove why hayden christensen was not a star because where'd he go hmm. well i think that uh that series ruined more careers than it made oh, that the, is true but i feel people. like i do feel like I feel like watching the movie today that there were definite standouts of, yep, this person, this person's going to go far. Oh, yeah. I enjoy watching them. Like, because I got, Chris got home tonight. He hasn't seen it yet. We'll get into that in a minute. And um, he's like, I want to watch Empire because I'm really just feeling like I want to watch Empire. And I was fine with that. There's a reason why Harrison Ford became a huge star. Well, yeah. Because much as I love Carrie Fisher, and I do. Mm-hmm. And much as Mark Hamill found his niche, it is really Harrison Ford who is the breakout star. He owns every scene that he's in. Mm-hmm. And the John Boyega and uh, Daisy Ridley, both of them, I'm oh, like, yeah. I want to see you do more things. I cannot take my eyes off you. I find you both so incredibly likable. I am fascinated by you. I mean, also to a certain extent... Um, 
dude who played uh, Poe Dameron. Uh, oh, uh, that dude. The dude. That dude. Yeah, I really liked him. I loved the character more, though. I felt like I really liked the character, but I'm not sure how much I care about the actor. Yeah. It's very strange. But yeah. Oh, we were talking about the prequels and how there's nobody there to like. Yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah. like there are people here to like in this movie. There, oh, I, there are I, I a totally lot of people agree. to there, like. There, Okay, dear listeners, um, the, still staying out of spoiler territory here, I saw a really good description of the experience of watching the new Star Wars film uh, on Facebook. And I, I'm sorry, I don't remember who said it. It was one of my critic friends. And uh, he had said, the, the original trilogy is like homemade chicken soup, right? It's a really good stuff, right? The prequel trilogy is like that 25 cent ramen you buy at the store. Okay. Oh, God. And The Force Awakens is canned chicken noodle soup, but it's the good stuff. It's like the non-condensed Progresso stuff. Yeah. Or something you buy at Trader Joe's. It's the good stuff. So not quite to the level of the original trilogy, but really, how, how could you equal that? But it is good. It is quite good. Well, and also, honestly, we cannot judge this movie fairly. Oh, that's absolutely true. We really true. can't. True. So I, I'm not going to even say it's, you know, is it as good as, is it better, is anything like that. It's like nothing, the, the nostalgia factor is so high on the original trilogy that I cannot look at it remotely objectively. It mm-hmm. means too much to me emotionally. And that's not fair to take to any movie. No, it's true. So anyway, I want to quickly tell you about my experience this yes. morning. So um, yes. uh, I'm down here in the land of the the original founding city of the Alamo Draft House. And yes, I did go to an Alamo Draft House to see because I am not foolish. Uh, if I'm going to watch Star Wars, I'm going to watch it in the best possible place. And they had a menu of uh, themed items, both food and mimosas <laughs> that were tied, that were beautifully tied to Star Wars. They had a pre-show playing on the screen that was C-3PO, This Is Your Life. And it had clips from all of the bizarre things that... And, and appearances that were made, like C-3PO, <laughs> obviously, yes, in the Star Wars Holiday Special, but also on the Muppets. Oh, and the, and, Don, the Donnie and Marie show and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and the commercials and yeah. the cartoon <laughs> and all of the weird marketing, like, toys and stuff. It was really delightful to see all the crazy shit. And then they had changed all of their pre-show announcements, like where they tell you don't talk in text or this is how to order at the Alamo. All of those were now Star Wars themed. Mm-hmm. Including, Melissa, you'll appreciate this one. You know the one that took the voicemail message from the one disgruntled customer, Magnited States of America? Oh, yes. That one? Yes. Uh, this one was Darth Vader calling in. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was gir- it was Gerlactic. Gerlactic. <laughs> it's a Gerlactic Empire. And it was, if especially if you know the original ad, it was beat for beat, and it was hilarious. Oh, wow. Oh, I was crying. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, and because we're in, in Austin, that meant that we got the, we paid extra to get the um, Mondo commemorative glasses we got two of them oh good the nice very nice glass glasses you can see them when you come visit okay and you could have gotten the magazine too but i didn't pay for that Mm -hmm. so uh when we walk in there's already like there's they have four screens i went to the village which is a smaller draft house every screen is showing star wars (laughs) at one hour intervals so you look and there's you know theater one 
at you know six a.m. theater, two at seven a.m. theater, three at eight a.m. theater, four at nine a.m. And when the movie ended and the credits finished, a timer flashed up on the screen ten minutes and started counting down. And I confirmed with the servers that's how long to turn over the they had to turn over the theater before they let the next audience in. Dear Lord, it's it was a it was a marathon sprint for them today. Wow. Just Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. I hope they like the movie because they're seeing a lot of it. Yeah. You know what? I uh, The same thing happened at the uh, theater that I was at because I went to the Willow Creek uh, Muller Family Theaters, which is one of my favorite little neighborhood theaters up here. And mm. um, they, I think they have two screens going with one hour intervals or something like that. And when we were watching the credits uh, roll – the small armada of teenagers with their little brooms and their little little uh, sweeper catcher thingies, the dustbins, um, came, were like waiting by the door, just waiting, waiting, waiting. And they were going, yeah, I've seen this four times already. Yeah, I've only seen it three. I'm going to see it at least seven more times. <laughs> and they're just waiting for us to file out. <laughs> but they were ready to go as soon as the credits were done. But um, as I was telling Wendy, uh, my theater was only half full and I saw it at 6 p.m. on Friday. (laughs) So uh, part of the reason is the, yeah, my theater, um, it doesn't sell tickets online through Fandango or any of the big services, which I think is part of the reason why. But uh, Oh, yeah. But yeah. Willow Creek doesn't get the same kind of crowd. Yeah. But man, it was a lot of fun. My Facebook feed for the last like three or four days, since I know a lot of movie critics, um, has been nonstop. Don't tell me spoilers. Don't tell me spoilers. If somebody says spoilers, I'm going to unfriend them. No spoilers. No spoilers. It's not even, I'm so excited for Star Wars. No, it's no spoilers, no spoilers, no spoilers. And then like occasionally, hey, here's a cute cat. (laughs) And then no spoilers, no spoilers, no spoilers. (laughs) But as people started to see it, they started to put up even just their own personal responses, which are not spoilers, but I didn't even want to see that. Yeah. And I have to admit, there was a feeling of relief knowing that when I got up this morning, that after I saw the movie, I no longer had to tiptoe around Facebook. <laughs> it's like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. I can click on any link and I don't need to be worried and I can read any post without being like, shit, I don't wait. You're talking about The Force Awakens. I don't want to know. I want to know. <laughs> I don't even want to know if you liked it. I don't even want to know if you hated it. I just don't want to know. I just want to watch the damn movie. All right, dear listeners, we are going to sound the spoiler klaxon. And after this, you're on your own, man. It's going to be spoiler territory. Um, big spoilers, little spoilers. We're just going to talk about the damn movie. So if you haven't seen it, uh, don't listen any further unless you don't give a shit about spoilers. So ready, Wendy? Yep. <laughs> Clacks on, clacks off, the klaxon. All right, so we are full on into nerd out territory. Oh my god, Ermagerd Star Wars. 
Ermigerd Stirrers. That was your text, and it was that adorable. Was my text. <laughs> the other thing Teddy told me when we were walking home is she's like, I really hope that the girl in this is is like really cool and awesome, like Princess Leia, because if she's just a girl who needs to be rescued, that is going to be so lame. I know, right? <laughs> like, and this is oh I my was god, like, Teddy. Oh my god. I think you're really going to like this girl. Oh. <laughs> um. Dear listeners, we have, love Ray. we have a Star Wars movie that has enough women that they can have a conversation. It's amazing. I know. <laughs> About something other than boys. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I've, like, it passes the Bechdel test because Maz, oh, what is her name? The the, C, the little CG character. Yeah, yeah, Maz, what's her what's her nose? But uh, she's played by Lupita Nyong'o. Is that how we pronounce yes. her name? Yes, yeah. Nyong'o. Nyong'o. Yeah. yeah, Nyong'o. I don't remember. I just remember her as Maz because that's mostly what Han referred to her to referred to her as was just Maz. Ma- Maz Kanata. <laughs> she and Ray had a conversation about the Force that mm-hmm. was not about boys. I was so excited. I fucking, I fucking loved Ray. I loved her yeah. Yeah. so much. She was awesome. She was so, she is the actor, she's the actress Kira Knightley wishes she was. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, no, I, because I, I, she I has mm-hmm. a similar face, but she's much warmer, much less stilted, much more authentic and natural. Mm-hmm. I couldn't take my eyes off of her. I found myself just watching her face and wanting to know what she was thinking. Mm-hmm. She, The first thing you see her do, she's active and taking action. She's taking care of herself. She is on, she is on her own. She has her own agency. Mm-hmm. She uh, rescues BB-8. Mm-hmm. She... Hell, she fucking rescues Finn. And mm-hmm. then Finn is, I love when they're running and, and she's like, would you stop taking my hand? I know how to run. Mm-hmm. I loved that. I loved it. I'm like, that's so small and so perfect. But then when they take off in the Falcon and they both do, and the moment after when they come and they're geeking out together, mm-hmm. that is so authentic and real and sweet and exciting with no cynicism. And yeah, it was just... And then, and then she's so badass. They come to save her, and she's already saved herself. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, I can't get enough of Ray. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, she's once. It's another Princess Leia character. Only there's a little bit more to her. <laughs> she's allowed she, to have she actually, more. <laughs> yeah, she's a. I mean, she's. I I love Princess Leia. I love Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia, but. Ray does a fuckload more, yeah, than Princess Although, Leia ever got the chance to do. Although I'm, I fully approve of General Leia. <laughs> I'm all about General Leia right now. I love that. I love that they're they're like, yeah, she's yeah, she's a princess, whatever. It's more important that she has a job she's very good at. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> and let's let's talk about John Boyega for a moment. Because he's awesome, too. I think I might be in love. Well, the thing is, I mean, and John Boyega proved himself in uh, Attack the Block, which is phenomenal. Yeah, but his performance was so different there. Well, yeah. It, was still, it still had a vulnerability, mm-hmm. but he is, this character is so much more open and at ease in mm-hmm. a weird sort of way, much less defensive and innocent. Mm-hmm. And that really shows that kids got range. He was funny, like he was Han Solo funny, Uh but with the sweetness of Luke Skywalker without any of the whininess. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a fucking trifecta of yay. 
Yeah, it's interesting how uh, Finn's character and Ray's character are like remixes of the original characters. So you've got but, like aspects not, of yeah, like, aspects of, of Luke and Han over here, and you've got a- aspects of Luke and Leia over here, and they're, it, they're it's like they're kind of scrambled up. So you're getting a lot of the same dynamics in in a remix sort of fashion. One thing that is sort of nice to know and. I apologize if this is indelicate to say it, but at least we know by looking at them, it's unlikely that they're related. (laughs) That is one of the things that was bothering me in the movie is that um, for some reason, everybody in the Star Wars universe is goddamn related. (laughs) I know, right? uh, This is supposed to be a vast territory with millions of of different species and aliens and star and, systems and, and star and systems and everybody is fucking related yeah. and, and that doesn't but stop at least here i'm yeah i'm pretty sure those two aren't i'm pretty sure those two Just aren't <laughs> now that said genetics genetics can do weird things right well that's true i, I do have i do have personal friends who are half caucasian half hispanic and one child looks fully caucasian and one child looks fully hispanic they don't oh, yeah. like except for similar facial features if you just were to glance at them you'd be like are those the same family so that's why i said unlikely to be related Very given unlikely. the way genetics work but um yeah after the because having just rewatched the beginning of empire you hey, i know icky 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 <laughs> But, but oh, oh um, George, you retconned <clears throat> that so hard. Oh God, yeah. I, I think that is the biggest proof that George wasn't thinking much beyond the current movie. So yeah. I really do hope Ray is not related to anybody. I hope it's just she's random person who gets caught into this whirlwind. She probably isn't. She's probably related to somebody. But I really hope that's not the case. <laughs> Well, given that we don't know who her family is, that's yeah. a great big like spotlight on who's her family. Mm-hmm. But at the other hand, I would be really a little bit disappointed if it was, oh, look, apparently the Force is only strong in this one family. It's like, can we, what if the Force just said, hey, Skywalker hasn't panned out. Um, let's find somebody else. But I do think it, her family, obviously, who her family is considering the setup is going to be a factor oh yeah it's going to be somebody somebody we know (laughs) um (sighs) i was actually disturbed a little bit by kylo ren not so much by the actor i was disturbed by his magic hair that would appear and disappear with his helmet like yeah it's I, i thought of that too he takes off his helmet and like poof he has big hair it's not like slicked down or sweaty or you know mashed fluffy he doesn't have helmet hair and then like he just puts the mask on again and it goes away i'm like mm, okay mm, magic hair but or, my biggest th- that said this is a universe that has bread that comes out of water and powder that you mix together and the poof you have bread so maybe there is special hair product that is available to the uh or maybe the helmet has sort of a floby attachment that when you put it on it sucks the hair Ooh. up like Maybe. Just, as you're putting it on, there's a vacuum that sort of goes, hey, your hair, let me suck it out of the way while you put the helmet on. So, you know, because the worst thing is when you put on a helmet and your hair sort of ends up in your face. Yeah. You know what? Hair nanites. I bet it's hair nanites. <laughs> it's hair midichlorians. Hair midichlorians. The force <laughs> is strong with this hair. Well, you know what? He's got force powers. He could probably just like 
poof, move his hair out of the way when he puts his <laughs> helmet on and then just force fluff it when he takes the helmet off. Fluff, fluff. I want Darth to see. Went, <gasps> and Kylo Ren goes. <laughs> I want to see Jedi hairdresser. That would work. We need to do this. We need to I make something. Jedi hairdresser. The force is strong with this one. <laughs> fluff, fluff, fluff. <laughs> fluff, fluff. Like just poof. Like with this. Ooh, man. And force lightning. What mm-hmm. could that do for your hair? Oh, yeah. Dry it in an instant. Um, But no, what I was going to say about <laughs> Kylo Ren is uh, I was mostly just disturbed in that the, the actor they hired, I wasn't buying him as Han and Leia's son. Yeah. Like, his mm -mm. features were so distinctively different Mm -hmm. that I was just like, um, I don't see it. I don't, where did that come from? So, and then I decided, you know what, that's a, that's a minor nitpick, but it meant that every time I saw his face, I was like, uh, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. Um, that said, I thought he did a great job in his scene with Han. I really, really was not quite sure where it was going because he, he, played it so well mm-hmm. and it that's a dark and fucked up twist oh yeah and, oh i knew like, i knew when the, they were- the way he played the way he played it right before and the double meaning that retroactively gets put on those words mm-hmm. that's oh man that's fucked up shit oh it's amazing oh and i i i love that you know once han gets on that bridge you go oh shit's gonna go down now you know something's yeah. gonna go down and uh, as the scene progressed, I was going, mm, somebody here is going to die, I think. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm afraid I know it. who but then it again, is. Oh, but you don't want to think that. There was some chatter about how many echoes there were to the original trilogy, how many, how much it, like, some people were like, it just ripped off so much from the original trilogy. Because, like, that moment is very much like when Obi-Wan goes looking for Darth Vader in Star Wars. Well, yeah. You know, and there's there's beats like that throughout. But I have decided that J.J. Abrams did something a little bit impossible. There was so much bad feeling after the prequels. J.J. Abrams gave us a palate cleanser. Yeah. And he took the best parts of the of the first trilogy and just reminded us of them and said, look, it's all still there. Mm -hmm. And in the process, he also really made me want to know what happens next. And I think that's the testament of the movie is he introduced all these characters and yeah, fun things happened. I loved the escape on the Millennium Falcon. (laughs) I love that's good um, stuff. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there was so much to love about so many the uh when Finn meets Poe Dameron, I loved that. Mm-hmm. Um there was so, and such great such a great script, like quotable lines for the first time. For the first time since Jedi, we have quotable lines. And, and, and uh, quotable lines that we're not quoting out of derision. Like, oh, you, yeah. you feel just like sand or you don't feel like sand. Whatever the <laughs> fuck the sand line was. No, we don't have any of those. <laughs> No, <laughs> like fuck sand. They're actually like fun and funny. That that's just a hunk of junk. Okay, it looks like we're taking the junk, and then it's the falcon, and then I cracked my ass up. But by the end of it, I really wanted to know where did Ray's family go? Uh-huh. What is Luke gonna tell her? What is the next step for the alliance? 
what is going on with Snoke and what is this complete the training of um, Kylo Ren. And it's clear that Kylo Ren's got, like, he's not fully trained. The way he kept losing his temper in a way oh, that yeah. Vader never did. Yeah. I mean, and even with his his lightsaber, the way it crackled, like, with barely suppressed energy, a lot like force lightning, like, you, like, that lightsaber was something new and different, and not because of the stupid little, like, little mini saber, side sabers. Uh, the, the hilt thing, the crossbar. I call them little side sabers, or little you know, chicken wings, little <laughs> saber wings. Buck, 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 buck. Um, although I was pleased that they did something with them. Like yeah. they, because if it had been the prequels, they would have just been there and nothing would have happened with them. But mm-hmm. he actually used it. And I'm like, aha, JJ, I think I love you a little bit. And that's the thing is you gave me enough. You reminded me enough of what happened in the originals to go see it's still there. And I know what I'm doing. And then you said, now meet these characters. I'm like, you're right. I do want more movies with Finn. I do want, I do want to know more about Ray. I do want to know what's going to happen to these people. And it made me excited. That's what made me excited. I loved that this is a really nicely balanced assembly of here's the pure nostalgia and here's the new and the nostalgia boosts up the new and sets it off so i mean you it's like yes clearly this is our darth vader analog but he's different here's why and this is this is interesting stuff you want to know about um and here here's the return of the original cast but we're going to do completely new things with them um here's uh, here's the new droid. Clearly, this is another R2-D2, but here's why he's different, and you're going to love him. And, and it's I great. I think he's so cute. BB is awesome. <laughs> and and um, here's the scene, which is clearly the, the Luke and Yoda stuff from Empire, except it's two women talking. And, uh, and it's different in this way. And it's... I really like that. I really enjoyed watching all of that come together. Also, the movie I noticed had some really amazing visual storytelling. I mean, like, I was really noticing how efficient it was. And it, I mean, it, it moves like a rocket. It, it goes, it moves and moves and moves. It's fast. And uh, there's barely a resting moment in the thing. But um, like in the first scene where the, the raid happens and you notice the one stormtrooper who is behaving weirdly and then you get the the streaks of blood across the helmet so you know exactly which one he is and then you can track him through the scenes and sure enough that winds up being John Boyega but that is just an amazingly efficient way to tell that story you know there's not a drop of dialogue in that to to set up that character for the first several minutes it's just following him visually and watching what he does and there's a lot of that going on. It's great. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing. Do I think that this is a great movie? Um, I don't know. But what I know is it's a great kickoff to a new set of movies because mm-hmm. I want to see the next one. And that's, I think that might be the biggest accomplishment of all. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. I didn't. I don't know that I needed you to give me... Empire, I don't think it would be possible for you to give me Empire because Empire worked because we already cared about those characters. Mm-hmm. We already knew Luke and Leia and Han, but you made me want to see what happens next and maybe the next one will be the next Empire. And that's exciting. I find it very interesting that 
this came from J.J. Abrams in that the Star War- Star Wars, Star Trek reboots were very clearly kind of a, hey, I really want to watch make a Star Wars movie, but I can't get my hands on Star Wars, so let's go over here to Star Trek. Uh? <laughs> because the, fir- the first thing I thought of when watching the first Star Trek reboot, the 2009 one, was, hmm, this is like Star Wars for the Star Trek universe. Uh? I mean, it had very much that vibe. Um, it didn't feel much like Star Trek, which is, of course, what most people have a beef with it about. But, uh, you know, I was I was on board. It, it was fun. It was something new with that that franchise. Well, it, it got the it got the characters and the relationships right, even if right. it didn't get the plot Right. Right. And absolutely. And um, so here, it, this is like J.J. Abrams. It, it feels like this is his home turf. <laughs> well, it was, was uh, Ryan Johnson doing the next one. Mm-hmm. I feel like we have a chance for something truly extraordinary to take these characters that we have already grown to know and like. And then Ryan Johnson does his magic with him. Now, I am concerned about the third one. Who's directing that one? Oh, I can't um, remember. But it's it's like a movie that when I saw it, I'm like, because uh, uh, <laughs> I was just not impressed. Like it was slick and meaningless. And I feel like it was something I've seen recently, too. Colin Trevorrow. Yeah, that's it. What did he just Jurassic do? World. That's it. That's that said, why I was... um, he also has behind him safe, Safety Not Guaranteed, which is excellent. Yeah, but Jurassic World, another entry in a franchise, mm. a very big budget, and sure. I found Jurassic World to be hollow and in a lot of ways really unlikable. Now, part of that's, a lot of that's the script, but, you know, it, it doesn't instill me with confidence, but we still have several years before we get to that point. So. Sure. True. I'm just being cautious. I mean, let's all remember that while we all love Jedi because it's part of the original trilogy, it's still got Ewoks in it. Yeah, yeah. it's like half a good movie. Ooh. That's that's it. I I think I do actually like Force Awakens better than Jedi. I do. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think it's I, a more solid movie. I thought the action sequences were really nicely paced. I never got like because oh my god, Phantom Menace. Those things would drag on and on. Ugh. I I describe uh, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, like watching somebody somebody playing a video game. I mm-hmm. mean, not even a game that you're playing. Like watching somebody else play a video game. Like it looks like a video game. It's got the beats of a video game. And you really kind of don't care because you're not the one playing it. Ugh. People are just like, well, Virgis isn't that bad. And I'm like, yeah, except I saw it at a... I paid $2 to see it and I still was mad about halfway through. Mm-hmm. Because it, it did just look so empty it felt so empty to me anyway this didn't feel empty oh no and um a lot of those action sequences are just dazzling and oh my god the first thing with the millennium falcon when she fly and the wreckage the wreckage of the ships and all the wreckage and the at at laying on its side Mm -hmm. i was so tickled by that because it's something like you keep seeing all these ships like getting blown up and stuff and it's like where does that end up apparently it ends up here well you know anytime a director can pull off a dogfight that thinks outside of the kind of xy axis of because <laughs> yeah. really you're flying these things that can fly upside down and corkscrew around and and anytime you can actually use that in your sequence and use it as part of the cinematography it it becomes just really thrilling and that whole uh sequence is just 
dizzying. It's in, it's really yeah. impressive. That one shot and, where the, uh, the uh, Millennium Falcon, you're following the Falcon and the sense of where the ground is just goes completely nuts. And yeah. oh, I love that one so much. It's good stuff. It's good. And then um, I love the introduction of Han and Chewie. Mm-hmm. Like that's a great reveal. And that um, that is Peter Mayhew when Chewie is sitting down. Yeah. Yeah. Because as I was watching that, I'm like, I don't feel like that's a CG Chewie. Nope. And it's not because I checked the credits. Mm-hmm. I checked the IMDb. He has a body double for all of the moving around stuff because watching him, I'm like, Peter Mayhew doesn't move like that anymore. He's pretty much confined to a chair and walks very painfully with a cane. But when it's Chewie sitting down or stationary, it is Peter Mayhew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I loved Han with the crossbow. <laughs> like, wow, I kind of like this. <laughs> I, dude, maybe I should have been borrowing this all along. Um <laughs> uh. Yeah, it's, it's so much fun. Although I do wish that I hadn't seen the Chewie were home thing in the trailer. Yeah. I, I mean, it was powerful in the trailer. You know, once it, once it happens at a teaser, you're like, ooh. <laughs> but I, I'm yeah, very but sad. Yeah, but I have to admit, if I were cutting a trailer, that would be a moment I'd be like, it doesn't give away too much, and it will just yank at heartstrings. Yeah. Of course we're going to put this in the trailer. Yeah, but I do wish oh. I would have just gone in absolutely cold, not seeing it. Thing, and that would have just ripped me apart. And C-3PO was perfect. Yeah. You probably didn't recognize me because of my red arm. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, I mean, I do have... I was sitting next to Fess, and, <laughs> and C-3PO jumps into frame, and he's like, blah! <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, that made me very happy. <laughs> Um, I love I love the showdown between Kylo Ren and Rey. Yeah, that was fantastic. I mean, and somebody's like, how in the world is she... Like, how does somebody who doesn't even know she's got force powers hold up against somebody who's been trained? Except, except that it becomes clear that however Rey has gotten his training, it has not been... Kylo. It's not gone well. Yeah. And you start to wonder about Snoke. And when Han says to him... Like, he's only using you for your power and he'll, you know, he'll throw you, he'll cast you aside once he's gotten what he wants. And you know it. Mm-hmm. And you can see, even though, you know, retroactively you're like, well, Kylo Ren was playing him. Ah, you can see that that hits home. Mm-hmm. Right? So how much, how good is this training that he's received? So even though he's, he's clearly very strong, he also seems like he's a wild card. Yeah. And because... The dark side has always been about, and that's the thing is that Darth Vader was so cool and controlled that you were always a little bit like, you know, anger, fear, right? Mm-hmm. These these are the emotions of the dark side. You don't sense those in Vader. No. But you do in Kylo Ren and it shows you just how wild and out of control the dark side can be. And then you get Rey and she's, and I feel like what that was showing to me was, Ray is so fucking strong, which I love the idea that like, hey, here's here's somebody untapped and untrained who is that strong. By the way, she's a girl because it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But by the way, she's just fucking stronger than you. Just right out of the gate to the point where you try to read her and she reads you instead. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to show Chris this movie. I love the scene in the, the snow, the battle in the snow when 
when Kylo Ren tries to retrieve the lightsaber. And, you know, obvious nod <laughs> to Empire, and then it flies straight past him to Ray. It's like, oh, that's beautiful. It's like, I was watching that and go, I think I know what's going to happen, and I really hope it happens. And it's like, yes! Oh, I'm so happy that panned out the way I really wanted it to. <laughs> and what I've, I have to give a nod to the costume designer for Ray because... Her clothing immediately evoked what Luke was wearing on Tatooine, mm -hmm. which was another sand planet. Mm -hmm. But once she gets that lightsaber in her hand, suddenly that sort of taupe crossed material across mm -hmm. her chest yeah. suddenly evokes the Jedi robes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's good costume design. Oh, <laughs> bravo. That's just good stuff. Nice. Although I'm still sad that every planet we go to in the Star Wars universe has only one biome. <laughs> to be fair, we only ever like see one small part of it. But I do. No, no, I no, no. Admit, you you I, go to those that that green planet is all fucking green. You go I to the sand that. planet is all fucking sand. You you I, see those planets and you go, dude. There there has to be like other environments on these planets. There, there would be poles. Like, I did notice when they went to the green planet, I'm like, um, there would still be poles. Yeah. I'm pretty sure even at the poles, it wouldn't be green or it'd be green <laughs> ice or something. Green ice. <laughs> I liked the design of the Starkiller planet a yeah. lot. Like, mm -hmm. that was some fucked up shit. Like, that you're standing on a planet and then the planet just fires. Yeah. And... Yeah, I was like, oh, that, yeah. I kind of I kind of love the realization that I had. It's like, this is the Starkiller planet. And I go, that's kind of a silly name. Death Star is also a silly name. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. It's even bigger. I mean, and that's, you know, it's a con like, oh, look, the, the big round thing that we have to destroy by the end of the movie. Yeah, hmm. yeah, I know, yeah, I know, yeah, I get yeah, it. Well, well I, I feel like this, this movie... Because of the prequels, this movie was kind of obligated to really go back to square one. And it's like, okay, look, yeah. this is a fucking reboot. <laughs> well, and, and and then, so here we are actually in the future. Remember that the prequels were before the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. And yet everything is smooth and slick and very futuristic in a way that the, the original trilogy wasn't. Mm -hmm. And it was so nice that J.J. Abrams is like, people don't want that shit. Right. People don't want that shit. It doesn't matter that we are now actually in the future of this universe. That's not what people want. They want blasters that look like blasters. They want chunky looking ships. They want they want the good stuff. Yeah. I was so pleased when 30 seconds into the actual first scene, when the um, the the little binoculars go up and the the view through the binoculars is really shitty. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, yes thank, thank you. you. I, I really enjoy seeing all the glitchiness. And and oh the Oh um, Max von Sydow. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. oh my god. Oh my god, Max von Sydow. Yeah, I mean he's only in for like one scene, but it's like oh But I kinda wanna know like again, what's going on there? What yeah. this movie did was made me wonder what has been happening. Mm hmm What happened to Luke? What happened with all the Jedi? I mean, you tell me about Kylo Ren and yet that like you hinted it. Why does Max von who is this Max von Saito and why does he have the missing piece of the map to find Luke? And is he going to play chess with death? 
I want to find out. Well, yeah. And then <laughs> why has R2-D2 been in slumber? There's really no reason for a droid to power down like that. Mm-hmm. And what woke him up? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. Uh. Uh, but I have to say the most inspired of all is just the design of BB-8. Mm-hmm. That to me is like, you know what? There was nothing like that in the prequels. Yeah. There was nothing that just made you go, ooh, I, I like you. I just, I, I just like to look at you. I like to watch it. More of that, please. I love that they actually built it. Yeah. That was a, <laughs> yeah, a know, really right? remarkable piece of design work, um, the, the way that robot actually functions. So, yeah, like you captured me with something as simple as just a robot to show me you get it. Like whoever's in charge of the design and the character design gets this is what you wanted. You're right. I don't want a fucking Gungan. I want that. <laughs> and I don't want weird battle droids. I want that. Mm-hmm. I love that R2 doesn't fly. Yes, thank God. <laughs> I love that they're just going to completely ignore that. Much like midichlorians, we're just going to forget that R2 can fly because yeah. it's bullshit. What were you <laughs> fucking thinking? Placed on a goddamn cracker. Jesus. <laughs> R2 doesn't fly. He sits down there with, with Chewbacca and they wait for her to climb all those stairs because Chewbacca probably is just like, fuck you, I'm not, I'm not climbing those stairs. <laughs> I felt like Han was a bit snarkier. A little bit. Although, but... you know, I kind of, I, I feel like Han would get crusty in his old age. He was already kind of crusty earlier, but now he'd be really yeah. crusty and old and grumpy. I'm, and, I'm kind of on board with old grumpy Han. And honestly, when he stepped out on that bridge, I'm like, I am somehow not surprised. I, I immediately called it to, just to myself. I'm like, Han's going to die here. Yeah. I don't know quite how or why yet. So when Kylo Ren played that scene, I'm like, I don't know what's, hmm, I don't know what's going to happen here, mm -hmm. which was really pleasant. Like, I kind of felt like I knew what was going to happen, but it, he did it so well that I was like, I had that confusion. That was a very good turn. Very good yeah. turn. I was like, maybe a stormtrooper is going to shoot him and maybe Kylo is going to be like all like, well, thank you, but wait, you kill my dad? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um I knew that Kylo wasn't just going to go with him. I'm like, that would be very odd. I don't know what's, except maybe what if he was playing so he gets brought, th that's immediately where my brain went. Like maybe he's playing mm -hmm. and he'll go along with it so he can get a look at the map and then he'll fuck him over. That could happen. That could happen. Yeah. But once I was like, I feel like Han's going to die. I was, my immediate thought was, I kind of feel like um, Harrison Ford doesn't really want to do these movies. So that's probably accurate. Probably. In every interview, Harrison Ford just seems so over being Han Solo. I think he's kind of over being a celebrity in general. Yeah. <laughs> he he just kind of, I, I, I get the feeling that he just wants to be left alone in Montana with his helicopter and his weed. <laughs> now, you've heard the story about when he broke his leg. Yeah. On, on set. I mean, yeah. but did you also hear how while everybody else was dithering, he said, bring me my phone. And he called a f somebody he had met with a helicopter and basically arranged his own medevac. <laughs> it's in the Entertainment Weekly, like the special edition about Star Wars. It's like, so second day of shooting, he gets trapped under a thing. It breaks his leg. J.J. Abrams hurts his back trying to lift it. Everybody's dithering. And he's like, bring me my phone. Calls <laughs> a guy he knows with a helicopter. Can you please? And he, because as he puts it in the interview, like, 
I thought about how far away we were from London, how long it would take to get there. I was not down with that because I knew it was going to start hurting. So he calls a guy he knows with a helicopter, come and get me. (laughs) Hi, this is Harrison Ford. Will you please come pick me up in your helicopter? (laughs) Sir, yes, sir. (laughs) It's so crazy. (laughs) Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote the music in Maz's place. Oh, wow. Really? Did you miss that? No, I, I totally missed that. The, there were all the Force for Ham memes because when uh, JJ, when it got announced, uh-huh. like everybody was taking screenshots from st- various Star Wars and putting Hamilton lyrics over them. <laughs> and there were some hilarious ones, especially if you know Hamilton. Mm-hmm. There's one of Jar Jar. I'm a general. Whee! <laughs> It was just so perfect. Oh my god, laughing. So needless to say, the scene pops up. I'm like, this is this must be Lin Manuel's music. I'm like, this is de- decent. It's nowhere near as catchy as the original Cantina, but how do you live up to that? Well, yeah. Um, so then when the credits roll, <laughs> I'm just like, what's your name, man? That's, that's that's the refrain in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. What's your name, man? Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> It's right there. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yay! I'm a fan. I'm such a fan. Yes, you are, Wendy. Uh, Yes, you are. Oh, by the way, did you know about Daniel Craig's cameo? No. Daniel Craig has a cameo in this film. Is he a stormtrooper? Yes. (laughs) And he said he was willing to just be a stormtrooper in a crowd, but no, he gets to speak. He's one of the stormtroopers who speaks. Oh, my God. Ah, Can you ah. guess which one he is? Is he the mind-controlled one? Yes. Ah. <laughs> yes. I, I will leave the room and leave the door open. And I'll leave my blaster. <laughs> and the gun. <laughs> Comedy gold. Oh, God. So that's the best Daniel Craig movie I've seen this year. I know that's I didn't know he was in it at all until I checked my Facebook after seeing it and somebody else said exactly that line. And then I went <laughs> then I went investigating. I'm like, is Daniel Craig in it? And that's when I found the story. Mm. And I was so tickled. Oh my god. I love how much Captain Phasma. Oh um, uh, I, Gwendolyn uh, Yeah. Here's what I love. She's practically a Boba Fett. Yeah. Right. In that she just looks cool. She's She just radiates badassery. Mm-hmm. You never see her face. Mm-hmm. Ever. Like, this could be played by a body double. Mm-hmm. But when you read about Gwendolyn's, like, when you read interviews with her, she is so tickled that she was in a Star Wars movie. Like, she doesn't even care if you never see her face. She doesn't <laughs> care how, sm- how small the part is. She's like, are you fucking kidding? I'm in a Star Wars movie. Oh, my so, God. So she's like Carl Urban playing Judge Dredd. Yes. <sighs> I want more of her. I want it. Seriously, that that's an awesome character. I want more of her. and I, But at the same time, I would also be okay if they just... Like, because, again, part of where the prequels went wrong is they tried to touch everything that anybody had ever liked Mm -hmm. and make it all connect. And so Boba Fett, who's this random character that just had this startling effect on fans, is like, oh, well, he's the son of the 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 original clones. It's like, no. no. So on the one hand, I would love more Phasma. I would love for Phasma to confront the truth of her life. Mm-hmm. Of what she's been doing, 
Or maybe not. Maybe she, she, she just continues to be an awesome bad guy. Yeah. But on the other hand, I would be very, very, very okay if she was just another Boba Fett. She was just fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all. Well, the, the lovely thing about having new movies that aren't prequels, the prequels were all driving toward a central point, which was the original Star Wars. You already knew. You already knew where it was going. You already knew. And these can just branch out like a tree. And so, you know, once again, going back to my point, I really hope uh, Ray is not related to anybody because, fuck it, she could have just her own branch. That's fine. Good. Just go. You go, girl. That's great. Um, Or Phasma can do her own thing. She doesn't necessarily have to tie back to anything in the original movies. She just has her own thing. Or, you know, her own, you know, she could, she could have spin-off movies for all I care. I, I think this is very exciting. I think, um, you know, we don't know where the fuck this is, this thing is going for once. <laughs> I know. That's, I think that's really why it's exciting is mm-hmm. part of the problem with the prequels was we already knew where it was going to end up and that overshadowed everything. Like, yeah. how do you tell a prequel effectively try to think of a prequel that worked really oof it's like i can't think i'm sure there is at least one but it's tough yeah yeah because how do you tell a story where you already know where it ends up and manage to keep any sense of mystery or engagement Mm-hmm. i agree and so for the first time in you know 30 years there's a Star Wars movie that we don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah. We don't know who's going to live or die or what it, what it all means. It's so great. Yeah, if they could kill Han Solo, anybody could die. <laughs> oh, anybody's fair game now. Um, and oh, But they can't kill off Carrie Fisher because I want her to keep doing interviews on morning TV. <laughs> no, I want Carrie Fisher to pick up a fucking lightsaber at some point. I would love that. Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, by the way, how good did Mark Hamill look? Like I, he's oh. lost a little weight; he didn't look quite so puffy. <laughs> and his, his, but his, he also like even in that brief moment at the end, there was some shit going down. There was some acting happening. Oh, there Mark like, Hamill is incredibly talented. Um, I just, goddamn, I loved it. I was it, like, it's Luke, it's Luke. Mm-hmm. I haven't, like, and I've seen Mark Hamill and other things in the intervening years, but he turned around and it was Luke. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh my God, I haven't seen you in 30 years. Well, it's it's interesting, you know, you see Han Solo, you go, oh, Harrison Ford's looking a little old these days. And you see Carrie Fisher, it's like, uh, oh, I think she's had some work done, which is very <laughs> Just sad. Just a little. I'm, I'm very, I'm very sad about that because she can barely move her lips and I wish she would just have been allowed to age and and luke turns around it's like well it's hollywood's luke. hard on women it's luke oh my god i am so on board for mark hamill i am so on board i like mark hamill oh i like god. old mark hamill i think he's really i cannot wait to see luke mm-hmm. i can't wait to see luke in the obi-wan role i can't wait to see mark hamill play obi-wan mm-hmm. it's gonna be i hope i but i feel like there's going to be something kind of magical there. The, uh, yeah. I really want to see what happens there. That, I know. That, and that, that's, oh. that, that's what's exciting. It's like, I don't know that I'm excited about this movie. I'm, but the fact is, this movie made me excited. Yeah. That's magic. Luke's story is going to be Ryan Johnson's story. 
A brief, somewhat lascivious thought for Domhnall Gleeson, mm. who was uh, General Hux. Yeah. First off, boy's been showing up in a lot of really good shit lately, because of course he was in The Revenant. Mm. Yes. I'm a fan of his from About Time. If you've never seen About Time, it's fucking delightful. <laughs> and we haven't done our time travel movies episode yet. And no, so we, we still need, need to. to. Yeah. I felt like when he showed up, first off, I was like, is that... Domhnall, because his hair is so, and his manner was so stern. So, mm-hmm. good job acting there, Mr. Gleason. It took me a minute to, like, yes, that's you, because you changed your manner so thoroughly. I, I was a little thrown. And then I was like, I feel like he's a little young. Granted, he's a baby face, right? He's one of those gingers that I don't think it, he's going to be like Leonardo DiCaprio. He's not going to age until he's 50, and then it's all going to hit him like a ton of bricks. Um <laughs> But I was like, I feel like he's a little young to be this much in charge. Then again, if he's in charge at that age, motherfucker is ruthless. Mm-hmm. And for all that, like, on the one hand, yeah, I'm kind of missing um, Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah. Right? Because it was so great to see Grand Moff Tarkin um, and an older actor like that. I love the almost sibling rivalry between him and Kylo Ren. Yeah. I love the barely repressed dissatisfaction in the set of his mouth. I really kind of loved that character. Yeah, I think I I, I like that these characters are giving a different feel to this (laughs) non-Empire. (laughs) <laughs> what it, what yeah. was the name? What was the name of it? The the, the mm, what what was the new official the name f- of the new darkness? First, per, first. Mm. I keep not rem- I keep yeah, not remembering f- either. Yeah, something first, first something or other. Whatever the fuck it was, I love that it it gives it a different character. It's like um, yes, they still have the star destroyers and like the old equipment of the empire, but clearly this is a new thing with kind of a different personality. And these, these are like young insurgents with a vengeance rather than the cold calculating super organized empire. The first order, the, the first, first order. order, first order. That's what it is. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's a, it's a fine name, but for yeah. some reason, it just keeps slipping out of my head. Yeah. Oh, but the imagery. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh the imagery. it's like, oh, that's oh, full yeah. triumph of the will right there. <laughs> and how much fun would that have been as an actor to be like, I get to give the Hitler speech. Woo! Oh, my God. <laughs> Try not to spit on the camera while I while I do this because I would have spat on the camera like spit spit spit. I I love that. That's your Hitler speech, Wendy. Spit spit spit. I would. Well, maybe I wouldn't make a very good Hitler. <laughs> You'd be a good Napoleon. I would. You I would. actually would. You would. I do like to be in charge. Mm. I'm, mm. And I'm very good at telling people what to do, whether yeah. they like it or not. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Ah. So I feel like we've just sort of disintegrated into fa- like just Fan <sighs> breathing and sighing. But well, yeah. Yeah. Because we're both drunk now and we're happy. <laughs> but I mean, but that's just it. It's like, I don't need a complicated plot. And when you think about the first Star Wars, the plot is not complicated. 
Mm-hmm. There are plans for the Death Star. They need to get to the Alliance. They need to blow up the Death Star. Okay, this plot. There's yeah. a map that shows you where Luke Skywalker is. We need to figure out where Luke Skywalker is. Mm-hmm. You don't need a complicated plot. No, it's super simple. And especially when you're trying to pack that much action into a movie, yeah, your plot has to be the barest of things and the easiest to follow. Well, when you're trying to introduce... Um, one of the things when I was a teacher that they always talked about is if you're introducing a whole brand new way of doing things, you keep the content light, mm-hmm. right? Keep it to something the kids already know. Right. And then what they're learning is how to do something. Once they have mastered how a process works, then the content can get more difficult. So in this case, you don't want a whole lot of plot because you're having to introduce a whole bunch of characters. The plot is just there to hang the action on, and the action is there to show you who are these characters. Right. Well, Ray is fucking capable. She's a gifted pilot, and as we know, that has in the past been a harbinger of force powers, which mm-hmm. makes me wonder a little bit about Poe Dameron. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. Mm-hmm. I love that somebody that we don't know if he's got force powers or not picked up a lightsaber. That was exciting. <laughs> and like, he didn't, like, I was like, maybe anybody could have a lightsaber. I want a lightsaber. <laughs> um, you know, so, but if you're going to introduce Ray, if you're going to introduce Finn and Poe Dameron and Kylo Ren and Snoke and the, and Admiral Hux and all of them, you don't, you don't want too much plot. And that was one of the huge failings of the prequels is it was for, and the plot they came up with was dry as fucking dust. Ugh. Seriously? Ugh. Literally doing your taxes. Literally. How much did you miss the Fox fanfare? Oh, I did. I, I did too. It just felt like, whoa, wait, we're just starting? The, 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 the Lucasfilm logo came up and it was like, I was unprepared for it. I was really, I hadn't. I mean, I knew that it wouldn't play, and I had been warned, and yet it was a little like somebody just coming in for sex without foreplay. I was like, whoa, 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 slow down. (laughs) I I feel like Disney could have gone up to Fox and go, Fox, could we get the rights to your fanfare just just this one time? Or you know what? You know what they could have done? A Disney Disney fanfare? God damn it, listen to me here. They should have written... A glorious fanfare based on When You Wish Upon a Star, because that is the Disney logo music. And John Williams could do that shit. He could. So take Uh. When You Wish Upon a Star, that basic motif, play around with a little bit, and write a new fanfare. But I need a fanfare because (laughs) you can't just launch into Star Wars without it. Dude. (laughs) Dude, that was a little abrupt. Like, hmm. Pull the blankets over me and let me warm up. (laughs) All right. Mm. So, listeners, that was our initial thoughts and reactions to Star Wars. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to us. We would love to hear your thoughts about it. Please, please, please. Oh, my God. On Facebook, Twitter, or, you know, you can comment on the website, email us, whatever. We would love to hear what you think. And, like... Seriously, if you disagree, like, I want to hear your thoughts. Maybe you have a different, like, point something out to me. Um, I would love that. Uh, so yeah. Uh, and I, I have a feeling all of us, anybody listening to this podcast is probably going to see it more than once. So let's all enjoy, um, you know, just blatantly 
a great time to be a geek. Like, it really is. It is. This is, the geeks have inherited the earth, and we are controlling, we are controlling the horizontal, and we are controlling the vertical. (laughs) Um, The other trailer I got was Civil War, which just, like, drove home how great it is to be a geek right now. Oh. (laughs) Like, it's like, you're like, oh, Star Trek, huh? Um, Independence Day too, really? Yeah. Civil War, yes. Uh. Oh. So anyway, <laughs> so listeners, that was our uh, that was us just blatantly geeking out about Star Wars. Like, I'm not sure that there was any coherence, but who cares? Yeah, who be, yeah, whatever. Who could be coherent after 35 years waiting for another Star Wars movie? Right, right. <laughs> okay, Melissa, yes. um, do you have a do you have a pleasure dome recommendation for this week? Give me a second. I need, I need to think. I need okay, to think. I have one, and oh, it okay, does. Okay, so okay. you can think, and okay, it good. does relate because, okay, okay, as we know, okay. Lin Manuel Miranda mm. wrote Hamilton. Hamilton is my newest and latest obsession. Um, I cannot stress this enough. If you have not heard the Hamilton soundtrack and you are at all alive um you should listen to it i by the way this is not my recommendation but i found a website where they have taken all of the lyrics to to every song in hamilton and they have been annotated by lin-manuel miranda and other users to point out the historical accuracies and the, the 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 truth about history to point out character motivations and character parallels to point out um shout outs to other hip hop influences or broadway influences i lost 2 hours just going through the first 3 songs cuz it is literally line by line wow. i am in nerd heaven Oh my God, it was so great. But my Pleasure Dome recommendation, I'll send you the link to the... Oh, good. Don't forget. Like Mm -hmm. when you are editing this, and probably I'm going to forget, and you can just email me and be like, Wendy, you never sent me the link to that, and then I'll send it to you. Okay. Um, I I will be sober then. Thank God. (laughs) Hey, sober Melissa, email Wendy. Um, My Pleasure Dome recommendation is this. Way, way back, do you remember the Got Milk commercials? Yeah. Michael Bay directed some of those. He directed, in fact, he directed the most famous one of all, which is the dude who's sitting in his little office or apartment with all the memorabilia Mm -hmm. about uh, Revolutionary War stuff Mm -hmm. and Alexander Hamilton and Uh Aaron Burr Uh and the bullet and a Uh painting of the duel. And he's listening to the radio while he's making a peanut butter sandwich. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, today our random call, our random call trivia question, right as he pops the peanut butter sandwich in his mouth is who shot Alexander Hamilton? And then the phone rings right in front of his desk and he picks it up and he's like, (laughs) that's the one. And they're like, what? And he's like, oh, hold on. And he tries to pour milk, but he's out of milk. Got milk. Here's what I'm going to... And that, by the way, was directed by Michael Bay. It was. It totally was. The cast of Hamilton the Musical recreated that shot for shot with the man who plays Aaron Burr in the show taking 
the role of the peanut butter man. <laughs> and it's delightful. And it's on YouTube and you can watch it. And it makes me so very happy. That's amazing. And that is my pleasure to recommendation. That's amazing. What was your uh, Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome recommendation, yo? Oh, fuck if I know. Um, give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> you still haven't given a recommendation. I've been All right, all right. I'm at a loss. Okay, so uh, this episode is going up on Christmas Eve, and um, I feel like we need to do some of that goodwill towards mankind sort of thing. I'm going to recommend Kiva.org. And Kiva.org, if you're not already on board with Kiva.org, and you should be, it is a uh, charity that basically puts together microfunding for loans for people in third world countries. So if you, as a relatively well-funded Western person who, uh, you know, listens to podcasts and has the technology to do such things, um, if you have a few spare dollars, what you do is you go to Kiva.org and you uh, deposit a certain amount, like 20, 25 bucks, and you basically pick a person you can loan it to in a different country. And it could be a woman in Namibia trying to put together her uh, grocery business and she needs a loan of $250. So you loan her $25 and somebody else owns her $25, somebody else. And eventually that funds her loan. And then as she pays it back, you get that money back in your Kiva account and then you can loan it to somebody else when you get it all back. So it's like giving to charity, but you can give that same money over and over and over again. And I've been a, a strong supporter of Kiva.org for a long time. And uh, it it's it's kind of like, uh, it really is a gift that keeps on giving. So, so it's, uh, I've probably put in a couple hundred dollars at this point, And I just keep, whenever I get 25 bucks back in my account, I send it off to some other third world country. And hopefully it is doing good in the world. That is my recommendation for this week. I like that. <laughs> it makes me happy. It makes you feel all warm inside, like the booze we've been drinking. That too. Okay, so we should wrap this one up. We, we totally should, because I am really drunk right now. <clears throat> Good job. Good job. Good job. Okay. Thank you, dear listeners, for joining us on Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I have been Melissa, and this has been... Windy. <laughs> Way to go on your cue, Wendy. (laughs) I was swallowing my wine rather abruptly. (laughs) So so please, dear listeners, if you have seen Star Wars like two times, three times, five times, seven times, please let us know what you think, how you disagree with us, how you agree with us, whatever. Just uh, go ahead and comment at us. Uh, Don't spoil it for anybody else, but... You know, we're here for you. So, uh, dear listeners, we love you. Uh, Happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. And we will see you next week. Yay! Yay! (laughs) Take care. (laughs) Bye. Bye. The force may be awakening, but so is my drunkening. The force of of drunkens. The force of drunkens. The force of drunkens. The force is is drunk. The The force force is drunken. The force is strong with my drunk. (laughs) <laughs> You're drunk. The drunk is strong with this the, one. The drunk uh. is strong with this one. Good lord.
<laughs> this is the whole walk home. And the best part is, as we get close to home, I'm like, okay now. Because I told Teddy the plot that you would get from the opening crawl. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, it's not like I gave her spoilers. And granted, I didn't even know that much because yeah. I was really working hard to avoid things. So as we get close to the house, I say, okay now, daddy doesn't even know this much. So you've got to promise me that you won't say anything about what I've just told you to daddy because he wants it all to be a surprise. And she she just lit up. She's like, rule number one, don't tell daddy anything. 